Hey there, humanoids. This is David Shoemaker here with a very exciting announcement. Your favorite wrestling podcast feed, The Ringer Wrestling Show, is now going daily. And you can hang out with me and Kaz on Mondays and Thursdays for The Masked Man Show. And you can join me, Peter Rosenberg, alongside stack guy Greg and Dip every Tuesday with Cheap Heat. And on Fridays, I'll welcome a friend or special guest from the world of wrestling. And on Wednesdays, we have a very special new show called Wednesday Worldwide that you're going to want to check out. Pay-per-view reaction, one-of-a-kind interviews, fantasy booking, talking about bagels. That's what we do here on the Ringer Wrestling Show. Follow the show now on Spotify and do us a favor. Give us five stars. And do us another favor and uh, stay mage. It's the Full Go, presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up, and with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. And right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays, or SGPs as the kids like to call them, all on one page. Plus, start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel. America's number one sportsbook. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Chicago everywhere, check it. It's not enough Chicago. We just don't have enough Chicago people. Jason Goff is here. Well, I'm at Full Go. The Full Go Podcast. The Full Go. Bears, Bulls, White Sox, Cubs, and Blackhawks. Our man, Jason Goff. Three times a week with Jason Goff. His mood is elevated. <laughs> he is feeling good. Jason, I'm loving the Full Go. Love the Full Go. The Full Go. The Full Go. Welcome to Full Go with Jason Goff. That is what I'm talking about. Talking about. What up, world? You're listening to The Full Goal with Jason Goff, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Yeah. yeah. All right, welcome into episode 236 of The Full Goal Podcast. I'm Jason Goff, as always, brought to you by The Ringer. Spotify is the gang, and it has arrived. After months of consternation of who the Bears will pick at the number one pick, they mess around and pull the rug from out under everybody, get themselves number one wide receiver and some picks to, to stash in, the, in the next year's draft as well. Uh, they moved down to number nine. And listen, man, I, I, this is how I felt about the NFL draft since I was a kid. You know, I was the dude. And, and by the way, shout out to all of my, my Saturday kids out there, right? Like uh, my guy, Eduardo Ocampo is, uh, is producing the show tonight. Right. So, you know, shout out to our guy, Chris Sutton and, and Tony Gill and Eduardo and I have worked together on the NFL, uh, ringer, you know, feed. So, I know Eduardo is at most 17, 18 years old. Uh, he is the youngest looking man that I know. Uh, and, and every time I get a glimpse of Eduardo, I realize how, how much I didn't do with my youth. But I also know this as well. And looking at Eduardo, 
that he ain't a Saturday kid, man. The NFL draft was for the Saturday kids, okay? Going back to back in the day where the NFL draft was dark. It was in New York. Chris Berman was screaming at shit. Mel Kuyper's hair wasn't moving. You didn't have to worry about no other analysts out there going at it with, you know, the, the Mel Kuyper Jr. You know, you had to worry about Todd McShay or my main man, Matt Miller, or anybody else like that. You know, all you had to do was worry about who the Colts were picking and how hard Mel Kuyper Jr. was going to slam their ass. That's about it. And Saturdays was the shit, right? Like 10 a.m., you wake up, you get your notebook out. Yeah. Uh, shout out to all my nerds out there because I know you out there listening. I had my notebook out as a kid, you know, writing down all the names, all the weights, all the schools, as if I was going to do my own little pro football weekly situation. But you're right. Yes, I was going to the cafeteria to tell everybody how I felt about the NFL draft and and the fact that the defensive tackle, Baylor Bear, Daryl Gardner, was going to take the NFL by storm and he, he, he fell too low to Miami. Like, these are the things that I was doing as a kid, okay? So for all you new age kids out here who could watch the draft on a Thursday for one round and then mess around and check back in on Fridays and Saturdays and splice with all the other sports out there. No, 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 no. You, you wasn't the man or the woman until you grew up on a Saturday watching seven rounds over the course of two days. Rounds one through three, you sat there for a good eight and a half hours you know, waiting to see you know who's going to get picked and not only who's going to get picked, but as a Bears fan, and I've talked about this on this podcast before, you know, as a Bears fan, the NFL draft has simply become me knowing who I want the Bears to pick and knowing damn well that that player wasn't going to become a Bear. Knowing that the, whoever the dude was that I had known or seen the least, that was the dude that the Bears were going to pick. Well, it didn't work out that, that way, this draft. And I want to start right at the very top because there, there was something that stuck out to me from the moment I turned the draft on. And I tried to play this draft like I do the, the Super Bowl. Try to miss all the pregame shit. Try to miss everything that everybody's saying beforehand because it's all gobbledygook anyway. You're cherry-picking the players' four or five best highlights. Next thing you know, we're calling every player the greatest ever. We're comparing second-round picks to Hall of Famers. It's wild. It's weird. It's something that I don't really have to be involved with. So I tune in right when the draft starts, usually. I got a chance to do that again this time around. Saw the college game day crew a little bit earlier, if I'm not mistaken. I knew they did the like the hour before, uh, you know, the the number one crew took over for ESPN. Uh, by the way, I, I, they were doing an ABC ESPN split again this year. I, I flipped over at one point and saw the Jonas Brothers on uh, ABC, and that's when I was like, okay, this is a broadcast meant for. Someone else. This is this isn't for me, and I, that's cool, right? Like I'm I'm not I'm not at the age where I should be shitting on and hating on everything, so I don't. But what I do is I say, yeah, hey, it just wasn't for me. So when I saw the Jonas Brothers, I'm like, okay, the ESPN broadcast is the one I'll stick with. And then out of nowhere, Sham Sharania comes from the top rope, dunking on everybody, and tweets out who the first pick is going to be. Just letting y'all know once again that basketball rules the world. Everybody else is just hanging out. That's all this is. Everybody else is just taking a look and i was i was watching you too shams you you ain't shit because shams tweeted out i think like the first two or three picks and then bounced on everybody's ass like all right i showed y'all what i could do in this lane adam schefter and all the rest of y'all boys enjoy the rest of y'all time that y'all have for the next three and a half hours but to start this thing off the bears and and i, I was 
things were dancing around in my stupid little head like whoever the Carolina Panthers take, that is who the Bears, uh, you know, that is who Justin Fields is going to be compared to for the rest of his career, right? Whether it be C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. It happens to be Bryce Young to the Carolina Panthers, and then the draft got wacky. But the, the Bryce Young thing, and even before that, the overwhelming theme of this draft for me, before the Bears were even close to getting on the clock, hell, before Devin Witherspoon was picked at the five spot by the Seattle Seahawks, before any of these things happened, everything that I could glean or hear or try to just read between the lines. Nobody really liked this draft. Like everybody from top to bottom and and more so than I can remember. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this is just anecdotal, but more so than I can remember, everyone had a fatal flaw in their game, whether it be Bryce Young's size, whether it be C.J. Stroud being treated like pretty much a robotic quarterback who was in a Ryan Day system with the best offensive tackles and the best wide receivers and a great system, and of course the best recruits going to Ohio State. And then you get to three, and Will Anderson is brought up as like, well, you know, he could be a 9-10 to sack guy a year. I'm like, wait a minute, hold, hold the fucking phone. This is the dude who was the first true freshman starting linebacker in Nick Saban's tenure at the University of Alabama, which he won national championship after national championship. So wait a minute, y'all telling me this ain't the dude dude now? Like, what's happening here? By the way, the fact that the Texans moved up to not only get the guys who might who are going to be the captains on the offensive side and the defensive side of the football, I feel good for D'Amico Ryans, a brother who got a job because Lovey Smith just couldn't just couldn't tank that last game away and ended up giving the Bears the number one pick overall. Hey man, Lovey Smith Smith for president, Lovey Smith for mayor, Lovey Smith for Hall of Fame. Okay. He did the Houston Texans a great service. Okay. He got the stench of that Deshaun Watson situation off of him, so much so that everybody in Houston was talking about him pissing away the last game by trying to win it. Then and not, not putting him in position to have the number one pick overall. But they get Stroud and they and, and then they mess around, trade up in the draft from 12 to go all the way up to three to get Will Anderson. And I say this to say. It seemed as if nobody in the first and from the trades, it tells you nobody really wanted to pick high in this draft. Nobody thought that anybody on the top of this draft was going to be anything more than a really, really good player, maybe a Pro Bowl type of player. But I didn't hear a lot of Hall of Fame talk. I didn't hear like I remember the first time I saw Miles Garrett at Texas A&M. I got on the air the next day and said, I don't know who the hell this is, but this is the number one pick in the draft right now. And that was when he was a sophomore. Okay, like certain guys you see and go, okay, this shit is uh, undeniable. This dude is going to rock the bells for 10, 12, 13 years. Don't worry about it. Just get ready to to get every single Pro Bowl vote for him and get maybe a a Hall of Fame jacket in the long run. And that's when things started to get weird. That's when things started to get dicey because I'm looking around and I'm starting to think of scenarios in my head. And the guys that I talked about on this podcast that I wanted the Bears to even have a shot at drafting, both of them were there. I think the two best players in the draft were right there. And and, and, uh, maybe not right there because – Atlanta messed around and (laughs) shout out to the Falcons, man. Shout out to the city of Atlanta. 
I spent 22 months in that beautiful city doing sports radio. And I will say this, man, <laughs> they got mad at me a couple of nights ago <clears throat> when I tweeted out that, you know, when does the Trey Young era come to an end? And then Trey Young, I, I didn't let anybody know that I was watching the Celtics Hawks game on DVR, right? So this is halftime. I'm tweeting this. I get, I catch up. I've come to find out Trey Young had the greatest game of his career, you know, saved off elimination. Suffice to say, they got their ass beat, and they, they lost to the Celtics in the five games that they were supposed to. Now the Celtics move on to play some real basketball against a real competitor. Atlanta Hawks fans, it ain't me. It's y'all. If y'all think that the ceiling is high with Trey Young, then I think you've already reached that ceiling, and it's time to move on. But I've spent some time in Atlanta is what I'm trying to get at. And I know what the Atlanta Falcons and what the Atlanta Braves and what some Atlanta fans want sold to them. And that's box office. But, man, <laughs> if you talk about a team that got a whole bunch of holes and they messed around and went out and got a running back, and, and let me say this, I think B. John Robinson is going to be amazing. I think he's going to be fantastic. Uh, the kid comes off like a, you know, a really, really good, bright, you know, vibrant kind of cat. But, man, <laughs> Desmond Ritter will be handling, handing that man the football. Okay, Drake London, very, very good pick. Don't get me wrong, you know. Hey, Cal Pitts, terrific tight end if they can get him the football. But once again, if they can get him the football, Desmond Ritter is your quarterback. That's what the Atlanta Falcons told their fans today. It's like, yo, guess what? Everything's cool. Desmond Ritter will do it. Now, we'll see. I don't even know where the Falcons pick in the second round, Wardo. If you could look that up for me, I'd appreciate it. But we'll see, you know, because I know Will Levis um, – didn't go in the first round and you know for the to be the guy who everybody was talking about hey this might be the number one pick overall in the drafts that going into last year like will levis was the talk of the town and all he did was provide an entire season of meh you know of course some terrific plays you know he played above some things and got a big arm and you know he but anthony richardson going at four Bryce Young going at one, C.J. Stroud going at two. The NFL told you what they thought of the quarterback order, and it's kind of what we thought going into this thing. Like, all right, the Anthony Richardson thing after the combine we knew was going to sell like hotcakes, and I'm looking forward to it, by the way. If they, with a young coach and a young offensive staff, can give him the the amount of time that he needs to fail, and I mean this when I say this, they're going to have to allow him to fail. Now, I don't know if that's putting him in day one or if that's messing around and letting him sit for 10, 12, 13 games until you know you're really, really out of it. Your veterans ain't got nothing to play for, and you go you go into you know the offseason trying to figure out what he is the last four games of the season. But there's going to be some headaches. But if that dude can max out that potential and play the way that we've seen him play in a couple of games this se- this last season, yeah, I know the accuracy issues and all the other things that people bring up, but he can sling the pill. The the anticipation and the diagnoses of plays and, and, and pre-snap stuff, that's all stuff that young quarterbacks and rookie quarterbacks going to have to work through anyway. So I'm not saying that Anthony Richards is going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, but he's got all the tools to be. He's got everything. He's got the, the the tangible tools to be one of those dudes. And I just, you know, I'm a fan of fulfilled potential. And if that dude can 
can max out whatever he's got in there. We got, we're talking about some all-time stuff with that cat. So the Will Levis drop-off is steep, apparently. And that's what the NFL GMs and the NFL scouts told you in round one. We'll be back with more of the full goal with Jason Goff. After a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. Bears talk with Jason Goff on the full goal. And the kick is good for the win. Fade to black. Brought to you by The Ringer, a Spotify original. But as this thing got closer and closer and closer to the number nine pick, and I'm sitting there thinking, what are they going to do? B. John Robinson goes off the board at number eight. So, okay. You're like, all right. That's one of the guys that I wanted to take. The Jalen Carter thing. And this is going to be talked about for the rest of Jalen Carter's career, uh, for the rest of Ryan Poles' tenure, and now for the rest of Darnell Wright's career. You know, as soon as it got around seven, I looked at my fiance, who knows nothing about football nor the participants, and I said, hey, sweetie, if the Bears have the position or the the chance or the opportunity, the option to be slotted to take one of these two players, the show is made. Bijan goes off the board. Okay, now you go Jalen Carter, right? Number nine pick. The Bears told you, and this is the issue that I'm going to have with this, because Darnell Wright could very well be an all-pro type right tackle. Listening to Ryan Poles talk, he mentioned that you know he's a versatile guy. So to me, there's a lot of play here. The Bears told Bears fans that Football character and character and all the other things matter uh, and are a premium in Ryan Poles' world. You can tell with the Ro- Roquan Smith uh, negotiations where it seemed like Ryan Poles took those uh, negotiations a little personal, especially since it was his very first standoff with a player as a general manager and the first time on the gig. You got to set the precedent for what your, your profile negotiation-wise will look like going forward. But, man... <sighs> What you have to mitigate here is the drop-off because Paris Johnson goes first, right? He goes number six overall to the Cardinals. They traded back with the Houston Texans. Paris Johnson was the guy that everybody was talking about that the Bears would probably be slotted to take because maybe, just maybe, Peter Skaronsky would be off the board. Someone looking for a right tackle, maybe in a pinch, three or four games, a left tackle. More, more likely to be a guard because of his arm length and the things that a lot of NFL GMs are looking for in terms of just the tangible stuff and the physical measurables. So that Paris Johnson-Peter Skaronsky conversation was had a lot. And then the last couple of weeks or so, the Darnell Wright conversation came into play. And I kept saying to myself, if the best player available in the draft is there at number nine, 
it's going to be hard to look Bears fans, especially if it's a scheme fit, too. There's a guy who can play three technique in this cover two defense that Matt Eberflus runs. And on top of it, it's pretty rigid, to be honest with you. Like, they're not doing a whole bunch of exotic stuff now. We know it's going to be sub-packaged 75 80% of the time, something like that. So you're going to have two defensive tackles out there, maybe a few you know linebackers, and then you're going to have your five defensive backs. When I take a look at it, though, and, and, and you can't go wrong because the Bears need everything. And they go out and get Nate Davis, right? They go out and fortify the interior of that line. So if Tevin Jenkins has to stay in the guards position, fine. You slide Cody White here into that center position. Got Nate Davis at left or right guard. Got Tevin Jenkins at left or right guard. And then you throw now Darnell Wright at that right tackle. But when they didn't get Mike McGlinchey, when, when they kicked the tires on McGlinchey, and he was a little too steep, a little too uh, pricey for their, their wants and their blood, then fine, that's okay. But that's you telling me that now the, the separation between Darnell Wright okay, and the next offensive tackle who was believed to be Anton Harrison, the kid out of Oklahoma, who also went in the first round, if the drop-off is that steep between those two players, because Skaronsky goes the next pick, I believe, to the Tennessee Titans shortly after the Bears. So the Bears elected so – they wanted so much so to not take – Jalen Carter, that they took a fourth round. And this is the other thing, too. You know, if the Eagles are going to move up to get that dude, they're telling you they want this guy. They're telling you they think this guy is going to be a terrific fit in their locker room because of some of the things that they have around him. And a lot of people are bringing up right now, of course, you know, the N'Kobe Dean is on that team, that Jordan Davis is on that team. There's another couple Georgia Bulldogs on that squad. Of course, you got Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham who are going to be in that defensive line room with him, too. So you've got Super Bowl winning veterans. You've got Javon Hargrave. Who, you know, this is the guy who they're trying to replace. So this is a dude and Jalen Carter, who I think, you know, I would just hate as a Bears fan to draft a right tackle who might be a really, really good player. Don't get me wrong. At a need position. Because when you win three games and have the first overall pick, you got you got about a good 10, 11 need positions on this squad. So there would have been, if the Bears would have went corner at nine, I wouldn't have been mad. If the Bears would have went Bijan Robinson at nine, I wouldn't have been mad. But the fact that Jalen Carter was there, a guy that a lot of people believe to be the number one overall talent in this draft, pound for pound, the fact that he was there and you elected to not only not take him, but only, t- I don't want to say only because you, the market bears what it bears. It is what it is, you know? You can't ask for anything more than the market is willing to give. And Brian Poles in his post-draft press conference said that he he had uh, fielded a call from another squad, too. So people wanted to move up to that ninth pick. And I have to assume it was for Jalen Carter. Once, Once the Falcons don't take the player that people think they should take, and shout out to my guy D. Orlando Ledbetter down there in Atlanta, still with the Atlanta Journal of Constitution, I mean, I believe, uh, covering football for every former president of the players, uh, I'm sorry, the, the Pro Football Writers Association of America. The dude knows his football through and through. You know, he, he called B. John Robinson uh, early on in this thing to the Atlanta Falcons. He thought that this would be the thing. Atlanta wants box office. If, if the team is going to be bad, they need, it's an event city, right? It's only spent two years there. Found out that very, very quickly. It's an event city. If you are the event, you will attract fans. B. John Robinson is a home run hitter. I think he's going to do his thing. But when he goes eight and the Eagles are on your phone and Howie Roseman 
who has shown you over the last few years that you mess around and deal with Howie Roseman, you might have to check your pockets and make sure your wallet's still in it. Like, the dude is shrewd, and also, he's put together some damn good teams. Went to the Super Bowl with the pick in, in, in Jalen Hurst that a couple of years ago nobody would have said could have done it. He rebuilt that offensive line. You know, Hassan Reddick comes over after looking like, you know, a, a so-so pick by the Arizona Cardinals. He's contending for defensive player of the year. They almost set the record for sacks in an NFL season, breaking the Bears record. Like, Howie Roseman knows what the fuck he is doing, okay? So the fact that the Bears take Darnell Wright, I'm not upset about that at all. I think he is going to be a decent player. Um, You know, hopefully he's not Chris Williams. Hopefully he's not Mark Colombo. And those are two guys that, that I guess, that's probably cheap by me to bring him up. But when I think of first-round offensive talent, first-round offensive tackles, these are the guys that come up for me. And one guy had a debilitating leg injury in Champagne that he never really uh, he recovered from, and that was Mark Colombo. And the other guy was drafted with a back injury that he never truly could play over and had to retire early because of it, and Chris Williams. So Donnell Wright seems like he's saying all the right things. I've gone back and watched some of the tapes since the draft pick, and, I mean, he's a mauler. His physical traits are outstanding. Right. Like this dude for his side, like the thing that separated him, I guess, from Roderick Jones was not only is he better in pass pro, but just his his physical traits. The, the dude ran a 501 uh, at 340 pounds, six foot six, like his, his agility, his broad jump was extraordinary. He's an explosive athlete to be as big as he is. And Ryan Poles, hey, listen, man, this is this is his. Forte, this is his expertise. He was a former offensive lineman. He's been tasked with building up this line. I talked about it all season long last year, that how can we truly have the evaluation uh, of Justin Fields be um, pure, authentic, and efficient if you don't have the sufficient offensive line around him, if you don't have the weapons that that he's got to get the ball to? Well, they've done a lot this offseason. So, on one hand, if I'm Ryan Poles, I'm taking a bow, man. I'm taking a bow because I have added another pick. I have traded down in the draft twice since <laughs> since the draft order has been announced. I've I've accrued more picks while allocating assets to uh, a need position, which is offensive line. Now, the thing that I have questioned about is Braxton Jones. The the not picking Jalen Carter to me means that you believe that Braxton Jones is your left tackle going forward so much so that you could draft the right tackle in Darnell Wright. Now, if Darnell Wright is your left tackle of the future, then you still got a tackle to replace, right? And and I know, I know, you, you're going to say, hey, golf, when did you want him to draft a uh, uh, an offensive lineman? We've been talking about offensive line all year long. Listen, if Jalen Carter is there, I think a lot of things go out the window. Now, of course, they know more than I do about the player. There's a lot of stuff just leaking out now about his practice habits, not just the stuff that happened off the field, but, you know, the on the field character that, because let's face it, y'all, you motherfuckers care about football character. They don't care about, you know, you praying three times a day and calling your mom on the holidays and, you know, making sure that you, you, you walk your date to the door. They don't give a shit about none of that. They care about, are you going to show up? Are you going to be on time? Are you going to go hard enough for this money that we paying you? And also, are you going to stay out of trouble long enough to get on the field? To stay on the field, I should say. And Jalen Carter has had a lot of stuff come out about him over the last month and a half or so, two months. So, you know, this is um, this is going to be one of those crossroads moments, right? 
Like, I hope it's not Mitchell Trubisky, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson. I hope it's not that. I hope it's not these other times where we've seen guys on the board, whether it be, you know, Melvin Ingram or dudes like that and Shane McClellan have been drafted. Bears fans have been going through this for a long time where they haven't been able to trust the draft. And when you do hit a draft pick, it's like, yay, finally. Whereas it should really be, all right, there's another piece so you can start building towards a Super Bowl run. Um, the Black Bears have put something together here. Kevin Warren, <laughs> my man Ryan Poles, and of course Justin Fields. They go out and get Darnell Wright. This is um, this is going to be interesting, but I would be lying to y'all, and that's the last thing I want to do. I'll be lying to y'all if I didn't say to y'all, like riding around today, even walking. I went and walked the dog shortly before the draft, and I said, man, Bears might mess around and get Jalen Carter today. And this is all of me hoping that the young man is able to fly straight. Like, I see a lot of comments and a lot of weird shit online about, you know, this guy's, you know, he'll be out of the NFL. And oh, this is this is enough. This is nothing but a problem. He's a ne'er-do-well. And, you know, I had somebody actually text me there. Oh, he looks high at, at the draft. It's like, man, <laughs> y'all just looking for something in this dude. Like, I'm wishing the best for him, right? I, I hope he has... Uh, a, a, a terrific career. All I know is that the the arguably the best player in the draft went to the team that represented the NFC in the Super Bowl, who's already deep at that position and is looking to roll guys over in terms of contracts. Like Harry Roseman and the Philadelphia Eagles have been doing it right for a while now. So the fact that they took him and the Bears didn't, it just shows you that the teams are at different stages right now. They're in different trajectories. Um you know, the, the Eagles, <laughs> they messed around and signed a quarterback to the, t- the the highest deal in the NFL until today when Lamar Jackson trumped that. But the Eagles, it, it's good to be an Eagles fan right now. It's great to be an Eagles fan. You mess around and get B. John, Car- uh, B- not B. John, Jalen Carter. I'm thinking about B. John Robinson. Man, I would like to see him as a Bears uniform as well. But, you know, I got to stop being that dude who only wants to see the sexy picks and the dudes who score touchdowns and dudes who get sacks. You have to win games in the trenches. Hopefully the Bears got themselves that guy in Darnell Wright. Although, I'm going to be watching Jalen Carter, and I'm not going to be wishing ill or wishing bad on the man. But, man, in a draft that is seemingly everybody wanted to get out of the top of it, the best player in the draft at that spot would have been a great value. Yeah. He knows his locker room and he knows his organization better than I do. I just hope this doesn't come back to bite Bears fans the way a lot of these things have in the past. We'll be back with more of the full goal with Jason Goff after a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. 
Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. What up, world? It's Vic Spencer, and you're listening to The Full Goal with Jason Goff, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Coming up next on the Full Go Podcast, we get a chance to talk to now New England Patriot Christian Gonzalez. He didn't know he was going to be a New England Patriot when we talked to him uh, in the Head and Shoulders uh, PNG Style Lounge. So looking forward to you guys hearing the conversation with a young man who's had quite the pass, quite the route to the NFL. This dude was not ranked highly as a high school kid. Well, goes to Colorado, balls out, transfers, goes to Oregon, balls out, and is now a first-round pick of the Bill Belichick-led New England Patriots. I'm sure Bill Simmons will have a lot to say this NFL season about our next guest. Christian Gonzalez joins us right here on the Full Gold Podcast. It's the Full Gold, baby! Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Full Go Podcast with Jason Goff, brought to you by The Ringer. Of course, Spotify is the gang. We are joined now by NFL draft prospect, uh, very likely top 10 pick, top 15 pick in the NFL draft, Christian Gonzalez out of the University of Oregon, joining us uh, via head and shoulders. Of course, you are in the PNG style lounge right now. Well, what you doing for head and shoulders right now, my man, besides making sure there's no dandruff on that uh, draft day suit when you roll up there and shake the commissioner's hand on Thursday? Yeah, just just up here kicking it, you know, taking care of me, uh, making sure I, I look fresh and uh, <laughs> uh, ready for tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How's the experience been for you? I know you probably answered a lot of these questions. I know you probably sat down with a whole bunch of people you didn't want to talk to. But overall, how has this experience been uh, from the end of your last season at Oregon to up to this point, getting ready to be drafted? Sure, it's definitely been a blessing. Um, There's a lot of people that that want to be in this position I am. So just taking it and enjoying it, uh, you know, soaking it all in because it's never going to happen again. So and being able to, to do it with my family has been real fun. So I'm excited. Yeah, no doubt about it. Let's start, let's start there. Uh, moms is a teacher, right? And let's take it back to Creekview. Because uh, I've, been, I've been doing some research on, you know, the, the journey and, and how it has happened. So, one, by the way, going to a school and playing football at a place where, you, where your mom's is out in the faculty, it probably is, you know, as tough as it probably can get. Because you really can't, really can't, you know, get into too much because everybody's always got their eyes on you. But you transferred midway through your high school career and, and football was a thing that you were trying to figure out, like, why am I not playing? Why is <laughs> defense the better side of the ball for me finally when you get to your junior season but you know the high school 
path that you took to get here? Because a lot of people sometimes think, all right, guys, the first round picks, they've been this way since they were five, six, seven years old. But I read the story that Ray Buckley accounted and some of the other things and other people around you. Um, this thing wasn't a surefire thing, you know, from the jump. Like you had to you had to fight your way through some trials and tribulations. Right. Yeah, it was like, like you said, when I was at Creepview, uh, my sophomore year, uh, I was a backup on JV, uh, not playing at all. So going through that was tough. Um, and then I transferred to the colony uh, my junior year. And, uh, you know, they played me because uh, I'm a football player, uh, not mm. uh, not a weightlifter. So I was able to to go in and, and blew up from there. So the rest is history. So you mentioned the part about being a football player and not a weightlifter and, and the, the JV part of that as well. Um, as a corner, obviously, you got to have a short memory. But what sticks with you in terms of the chip that you have to keep on your shoulder when the times are a little tough or when the matchup isn't going your way, whatever the case may be? Or, you know, having to stay locked in when the ball isn't coming to your side? Because I remember watching that UCLA game uh, <laughs> and what they threw. I think you had 57, 58 snaps and they threw to your side of the field one time. I don't know about you, man, but I'd be bored as shit after the first half. Like, at what point am I going to get some action over here? Right. You know, it's, it's, that is like, uh, you know, it's kind of that respect. Uh, you know, you're like, okay, yeah, I'm that, 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 that corner. Um, that's what you want playing corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you said, it's kind of, and I just go back to thinking about my parents. Uh, that's really what I uh, do this for, to give back to them. So, if I'm ever uh, not feeling good or feeling down, uh, just think back to them and being able to, uh, you know, take care of them is why I keep pushing. You mentioned the the JV aspect, and of course, I saw something like you were a 346th ranked prospect and 46th in the state coming out of class of 2020. Why didn't this break you? Like, why didn't you give up? Why didn't you quit? Why after JV and like you mentioned, not being the greatest weightlifter, whatever the case may be, why didn't you say, you know what? Maybe this just ain't for me. I just love football. I love the, the competition. Uh, the one-on-one. Um, I feel like I don't get no better than that. Uh, the one-on-one, the bright lights. Um, and I just, just, you know, I trusted God too and talked to him and, you know, I kind of knew this was the plan he, he has for me. Uh, and, you know, just keep trusting him and, and held my faith in him. And I knew I'd get to the, to the point I wanted to be at. What went into the decision you going from Colorado to Oregon? Uh, my position coach, uh, that I was at with, at Colorado with, um, went to Oregon. Um, Shout out to Demetrius Martin, by the way. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he come in uh, tomorrow, uh, so he'll be okay. here. Um, but yeah, it was, you know, we talked about it. He, he told me he'd get me in and out in three years. Um, and that was the plan from the, from from my freshman year, so wanted to finish what I started with him. And now you're at this part of the process waiting to be selected on Thursday night. Uh, the talks that you've had with NFL teams, because, you know, we're here in, sitting here in the city of Chicago. They got the number nine pick overall. Um, the Bears could use everything. You know, there's a reason why they had the number one pick in the draft and traded down from it. Uh, has anyone talked to you about like the kind of corner you're going to have to play or move into safety? Like what has those conversations been like when you sat down with coaches or general managers or scouts over this process? Sure. You know, I tell them I'm a, I'm a versatile, versatile corner. You know, I play outside, play the nickel, uh, 
played that this year. Uh, so that's what I am, a corner and, and a nickel. So wherever the team need me, be fit, uh, that's where I'm going to go and, and, and play. What are some of the things that you have heard about yourself where you're like, nah, that ain't that ain't it. That's that's not right. Like, what, what are some of those check the tape quotes that you have? Because I know you're keeping things near and dear to your heart. So for when you do, you know, blast onto the scene, you can look back on some of the things that are said. But what are some of those things that are being said right now about you that you may agree with or disagree with when it comes to your game? Definitely uh, just being a laid back dude, uh, like off the field. Uh I always think that mean I, I'm. And you don't give a shit. Anything <laughs> yeah. competitive uh, is a switch. Uh, like I can't explain it. I can't tell you how it works, but it it, it, it clicked and it just happens. Um, you know, that's, they say that's weird for a corner. Um, you know, I'm like I, I don't need to. I don't need to be the one to sit here and, and say, oh, I'm the best. I, I do this. I do that. You just check the tape. So. Yeah. You know, let everybody else say your name for you, right? I, I can dig it. I can dig it. Uh, we, we often talk, because I'm getting ready to also talk to uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, another guy who's going to go in that first round. I, I can't wait to see you guys matched up against each other uh, on the big stage. Right. And I, I'm looking forward to talking to him about Ryan Day's offense and some of the things that uh, graduate and don't graduate to the professional level. A lot of people talk about Justin Fields, how he holds the ball too long, and then you can look at some of those option routes that happened at Ohio State when you got all day, you know, to, to throw the ball back there behind the best offensive line damn near in the country. It looks a lot of different when you have to then translate it to the to the professional level. What are some of the things that you know that you're going to have to rinse when it comes to the college game in terms of how you were taught and some of the things maybe that you've learned this offseason? And what are some of the things that you'll take with you that Demetrius Martin and some of the people that have uh, helped you lay this path and get to this moment? For sure. You know, just staying big on technique. Uh, you know, Demetrius Martin, that's his big thing is technique going to set you free. Um, so <laughs> it's, that's just that's just what we do. Uh, just being technicians and then just just how fast the game going to change uh, the amount of routes, um, things like that. Uh, just how fast the ball will come out, how 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 much better the quarterbacks will be um, week in, week out, getting a you know, that that receiver, that dude. So mm -hmm. but I'm excited for all that film study. Uh, how have you grown in film study? Because I've heard you talk about pre-snap foot placement and how that dictates sometimes what's going to happen. And, you know, in, in a route concept or whatever the case may be. Yeah. Uh, how have you grown over these last couple of years? And what do you still have to, uh, you know, uh, uh, attain in terms of your film study and, and knowledge of the game? Yeah, I've grown a lot. Uh, you know, coming into college, it was kind of like, like, yeah, I watch film, but, you know, if you want to take your game to the next level, you got to find, especially playing corner, you got to find the little things. Uh, mm. That's what I kind of learned from uh, Coach Meat uh, was just find the little things. Uh, like when the receiver comes out the huddle and he'll, he'll rub his gloves a little or tighten his gloves a little tighter. Uh, you know you're getting the ball. <laughs> so, um, so little things like that. But then I feel like I still got so much to learn, uh, which I love to learn. So I'm excited to get in the room and, and hear uh, how the vets see the film and, and things like that. So I, 
Yeah. So tell me about the PNG style lounge, right? Because I I see the the logo in the background. Yeah. I know I know they 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 holding you down in this in this process. So tell me tell me what's going on with the PNG style lounge, brother. Sure. You know I, I've worked hard to get here. Uh, so just you know I always want something that's gonna you know work hard at, uh, in my hair and make me look right. You know you got to feel good, play good, right? So just 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 excited to be here and working with them. Ooh, they got that boy talking that money, huh? You got to feel good to play good. What did they say? Uh, what is it? They, you, you feel good, you play good, you play good, they pay good. Yeah, 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 yeah. there it is, there it is. Uh, last thing I have for you, and it's probably going to be the most important question in terms of how I feel about you going forward as a football player. Uh, NBA 2K or Call of Duty? <laughs> Call of Duty. See? Ladies and gentlemen, we we are talking to an all pro in the making. Yeah. All right, this yeah. is a man that is full of strategy. Now, are you one of these dudes who's pushing for no reason? Are you one? Of, are you an objective planning strategist? Like, are you out there for the kills? Or are you out there for the win? Tell me the truth, Christian. It depends what we playing. Like, we playing uh, stuff. He, like, he's like a selfish dude. Brawl, <laughs> like free for all team deathmatch. I'm gonna go kill. You know? <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with the team. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Well, when you uh, when you get drafted, man, uh, enjoy the moment. Soak it all up. It's the beginning of a journey. I'm very excited for you after having not only watched you over these last couple of years, but getting digging more into your past. And uh, I, I'm looking forward to it. And if the Bears call your name, because we don't know who the hell the Bears are going to pick here in the city. Uh, I've heard every single name thrown out there. So if the Bears call your name, we will welcome you to Chicago. If you go to Detroit or Green Bay or Minnesota, I will be booing you every chance I possibly get but this has been a it's been a fun time my man congratulations on all your hard work and uh you know much success and continued blessings going forward bro thank you I appreciate that no doubt no doubt yeah. Christian Gonzalez uh soon to be NFL corner formerly of the University of Oregon right here on the full goal podcast with Jason Goff it's the full goal all right, on the heels of the Christian Gonzalez interview, we also had a chance to talk to Jackson Smith and Jigba. That's right, the 20th overall pick to the Seattle Seahawks. Now, when we talked to him, he didn't know that he was going to Seattle, but I'm sure he is very happy with the destination, get a chance to fulfill his dream in the Pacific Northwest, of course, with the comeback quarterback of the year, Geno Smith slinging him the pill. We talked to him before the draft, found out how he was feeling, found out how fresh he was going to stay. You know, shout out to Tide, Tide Cleaners. But Jackson Smith and Jigba, it's a dude who was in a room with Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. A lot of people thought he might be the best one. Both those dudes have had monster starts to their NFL careers. Hopefully the same happens for Jackson Smith and Jigba. Here he is right here on the Full Go Podcast. It's the Full Go uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Full Go Podcast. My name is Jason Goff. Of course, we're brought to you by The Ringer and Spotify is the gang. Um, th- this next interview is going to hurt me a little bit because at the age of, what, 9 or 10, you know, 1989, 1990, um, a love for Michigan football jumped into my heart. And, um, you know, over the years, I've had a chance to see some of the greats destroy uh, my Michigan Wolverines. And the guy that we're getting ready to have on right now, uh, he he actually did his part uh, over the course of his time at the Ohio State Buckeyes. He's sitting there smiling and shaking his head like a true Ohio State receiver should and would. He is Jackson Smith and Jigba joining us here on the Full Go Podcast. What's up, man? How you feeling? What's going on? I'm feeling blessed, man. Thanks for having me on. Oh, man. Thank you for being had. Uh, before we jump 
jump into it. Tell us what you're doing with Tide Cleaners. I'm telling you, we use Tide in our house, right? I mean, we got we got the Tide sticks. We got the Tide pods. You know, we keep it away from the shorties and make sure because, you know, they put that on the label. We got to keep away from the babies, obviously. But tell me what you're doing with Tide Cleaners right now, bro. Man, Tide is here, you know, at PNG Style Lounge, helping us make sure our fits are looking good and press to perfection. You know, I, I got to look good out there tomorrow. Things, no wrinkles, no none of that. So we're making sure we we closing that closing the book on the on the suits and making sure everything looking fresh and neat. And yeah, for sure, for sure. I'm, I'm sure that's not a problem for you. I'm sure that's not a problem for you. And shout out to the good people at Todd. All right, man. Let's 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 get right to it, man. You were in a wide receiver room with Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, and the likes. You know Marvin Harrison Jr., all them boys. And what I keep hearing from the people that I trust, and the, and you know my own eyes as well, is that you might be the best one out of all of these dudes. And of course, Justin Fields being here in the city of Chicago now, Bears fans have no clue where that number nine pick is going to be, or if they're going to have it or trade down for it. Um, in your time at Ohio State, a lot of questions were asked about the offense and Ryan Day's scheme and systems and the, the option routes and, you know, just having a terrific cast around you. How much of your production is Jackson Smith and Jigba and how much of it is the greatness that was around you as well? I mean, most definitely. I mean, it's football. It plays hand to hand. And I went to Ohio State to compete and play with the best players, you know, plain and simple. And, and that has developed me, you know, into the player I am today, which is, you know, a lot a lot better player of which I came in at. So, um, you know, you know, I, I wanted to play for a national championship and, um, you know, I thought the best way to do that was to join the Buckeyes. And, you know, they definitely made my life easier playing next to those guys. I mean, I mean, how could it not, you know, having Chris and Garrett on the sides and, and CJ, you know, slinging the ball, but, um, you know, and uh, I just try to do my part, man. I, I just try to contribute as much as I can. If the ball is thrown my way, I just try to catch the ball. And, um, I mean, people could say CJ had this, but, you know, I had CJ and it, it works. So, um, yeah, definitely what's, blessed those guys. What's been happening with this last week and a half or so? It went from y'all two dudes being the stars and the darlings of the draft to maybe the teams that really want to take y'all throwing dirt on your name. I'm hearing CJ don't run enough. I heard the foolishness about the Manning camp and all this other you now. Is, a, is he is he big enough to excel at the next level? I'm like, wait a minute. Hold on now. Garrett Wilson just came in there and tore their ass up in his rookie year with nobody throwing him the football. So what, what about this draft process? has made you go, okay, this is what it's going to be like from here on out. Man, they didn't have to say anything. You know, I, I got that chip on my shoulder. I, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to, you know, compete at the highest level. And, um, you know, it's funny. We sit back and laugh at it, honestly, because, um, you know, God had a plan for us, and we're going to go where we need to go and, and go when we're supposed to go. So, you know, it's all it's all fun. I mean, honestly, we put the work in, and, and it's just time for us to sit back and relax. You know, you know how the media is, and know how they're going to, oh, you know, mix. There you go. Here you go. He ready. He ready, boy. That man already got the media talked down now, huh? The media. <laughs> we, we just control what we can control over here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> he is. My God. I just talked to Christian Gonzalez, and now I got you. I, and y'all have been professionally media trained, which I appreciate. You got to show up to the opportunity prepared. I am down for that, as always. So take me back to the Rose Bowl, man. 327 yards. Um... 
when when you when you go crazy like that, uh, what is what is that the culmination of? You know, having the answers to the to the test. You know, in terms of calling the right plays at all times. Obviously, your physical traits. Like, what was that day like for you? Yeah, I mean, I take preparation, preparing for the game. You know, very serious, and I was prepared for that game. You know, knew knew uh, you know some looks that they were going to throw us, and and just execution, man. Um, um, you know. We were down, you know, opportunities came, not having Chris and Garrett, so I knew more opportunities would unfold for me. So I was definitely, you know, happy, ready for the game. You know, I, I, I kind of had a feeling, you know, it was going to be a good game, um, especially, you know, being out on the West Coast. I had never been out on the West Coast. That was my first time. Okay. As soon as we, as soon as we flew in, I knew it was over. And, uh, you know, it was a crazy game, though. And, and Utah played their bus off, you know, great program. And, you know, it, it was a, it's a game I, I will never forget, 100%. For a person who has watched many Ohio State Michigan games since I was a child and never having been around or in that atmosphere, um, you go to Ohio State and you know what's important national championships and obviously the rivalry game. W- what was that atmosphere like for you for the years that you were in Columbus? It was craziness, man. It was craziness. You know, me being a Texas kid, you don't know until you know. And uh, when they say it's the biggest robbery in sports, it's, you know, you're like, okay. You know, I went I went to Texas OU games. I know. No, but it's different, man. And it was a blessing to, to be out there. You know, great players on both sides. I played against each other at great universities. And, you know, sadly, unfortunately, I wasn't, you know, able enough to, you know, get it some dubs. But, you know, it, it was fun. I mean, the atmosphere is crazy. You know, you got everybody yelling at you. You got everybody just really pinned on this one game. So, you know, it was awesome to be a part of that, you know, one of the greatest rivalries in sports. Most interesting questions that you've been asked by a member of an organization throughout this draft process. The question made you, that made you go, oh, okay, well, guess I got to come up for it with an answer for this. Yeah, like, man, they throw a lot of stuff at us, man. The, the craziest one, the weirdest one, you know, probably heard this one. You, would you rather be a cat or dog? What'd you go with, bro? I said cat. <laughs> I said cat. I mean, I feel like they, they don't, you know, they like to get loved on, but they don't need all that attention, you know what I'm saying? You don't need to worry about them too much. You just let them, you know, do their thing. You know what I'm into the psyche of Jackson. I'm a dog person, though. You know what I'm saying? I love dogs. Uh, Let's let's get more into the softer side of JSN, though. Like, let's, let's, you know, you don't need to be loved on as much. Where does that, where does that come from, Jackson? Uh, Is that, is that you telling anybody in your future that you, you are a low maintenance relationship that doesn't, you know, doesn't need too much, even though you're going to provide what you're going to provide? I mean, I'm going to provide what I'm going to provide. I wouldn't say I'm a low maintenance, though. Which, which is, I mean, yeah, I can say so. My mom wouldn't think so or anyone else. But, uh, yeah, man. Next question. <laughs> See, look at him. Look at him. The cat and the dog question sent him over the edge. Uh, did, you, uh, did you have a chance to talk to anybody um, representing the Chicago Bears? Yeah, I did. You know, I had, had a few conversations with uh, Chicago um, you know, we'll see. We'll see what they do. I'm very interested in that pick. You know, definitely would love to reunite with uh, Jay Fields, and and you know, I heard I heard a lot of good things about the city of Chicago. So that definitely be that would definitely be nice. You know, to to head there. But yeah, I had conversations, met with them at combine. It came to the pro day. Got to talk to them for a little bit. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you never been to the city before then. Never been to the city though. Okay, okay, no yeah. doubt. Man. 
No, it's a beautiful city, man. Best city in the world, especially in the summer, bro. There's nothing better yeah, than summertime in Chicago. Yes, sir. Yes, yeah. sir. I actually ran into Justin, was it a week ago or so, uh, out and about. Um, it, it's funny how the reception of Justin Fields has kind of happened over the last couple of years, especially last year with him actually getting the time to to get his feet wet. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, some on some side saying he's just a running back and all this other stuff. And I'm like, man, watching him at Ohio State, especially against Northwestern because, you know, I was I'm from Evanston right, right down the street. You know, no people still at the Northwestern Wildcats. And watching him play, uh, I never thought this is a running quarterback, you know, but to see his athleticism take over in moments where, you know, obviously he's still green, he's still learning the game, and he didn't have much around him, to say the least, in yeah. terms of receivers or offensive line. What do you think of some of the criticisms that you've heard of Justin Fields, and who is the true Justin when his game and the opportunity meets itself, like Bears fans are hoping it will in the future? Right. I mean, I think it's crazy when I hear, you know, like you said, he's a running back, or, I mean, his accuracy, he he has, good, he has good accuracy, you know, has a great arm talent, you know, reads defenses really, really well. So, you know, smart, smart football player, uh, a player you need at that position at a quarterback or guys to follow and trust. And, you know, I, I guarantee you, I guarantee you everybody in that locker room, you know, is behind Justin and, and trusts and believes Justin. I, I, I fully believe that. So some of the things that you've heard about yourself in terms of your game, what are some of the things that you agree with? Because I, I believe that you have to find truth in, in criticism. Therefore, you get better right in life, period. Uh, what are you some of the things you agree with? What are some of the things you disagree with in terms of some of the things that you've heard about your overall game entering the league? Yeah, I mean, I've heard, you know, a lot of stuff. You know, I heard I'm, I'm not athletic. And I heard that <laughs> now almost made my mouth drop, really. Just, you know, no no athletic ability that jumps off the board or anything like that, which, you know, I think it's, it's kind of crazy. I mean, you know, I, I play in a position where, you know, you know, I do a lot of the little stuff good. It is my game, but you know, you gotta, I can run by guys. I've done it before. Um, you know, and I think I have, I just think I have good athletic. I mean, I can, I think I have good athletics. Right. Right. And, um, you know, probably that, probably that. And, um, I mean, you know, I, I'm a route runner. You know, I think that's the best part of my game. And, you know, some some, some scouts and some people get it right. So I would agree with that. You know, it's funny because now it seems like the way we threw game manager on quarterbacks, like now if a guy like, ain't you know, doesn't have a 45-inch vertical or, you know, six foot six, you know, you, you either a go-get-it guy or you're a route runner. You can't be, you can't be both these days. Come on, bro. I'm getting a, a, a guy that works at a desk talking about my athletic thing, bro. Come on, bro. See, on, he, bro. he ready. He already ready. He talking shit. He calling people the media. <laughs> I'm down. I'm down. I'm down with this, man. Uh, as you get ready, uh, the most important question is, what's what's the suit going to look like, man? What, what are we talking about here? Man, Ty gave me right right now. Um, I got some options, though, man. I got I got a couple options. Are we going? Are we going like... You know, conservative fly. Are we going? I'm here. You gonna see this suit yeah. for the next ten years on every draft day? Like, what are we talking about? Yeah, I mean, my style honestly is, is a comfortable, little flashy look. So I'm, I'm gonna be comfortable, and it's gonna look good, gonna look sharp. But I'm also gonna be a little flashy, man. So we yeah. going, we going now, Lady Gators. What are we talking about, man? Like, what are we? <laughs> I can't, I can't get, I can't get it. You can't give it away. You can't. Okay. Okay. Yeah, all right. All right. We'll wait till, 
You're gonna be proud though when you see me. Yeah, we'll wait till draft day. We'll wait till draft day. It's gonna go down a little bit. Oh, oh, okay, okay, all right. So you can give us you can give us the scoop before we spring you here, man. Uh, Have you been promised by anybody? You're like, hey, you won't get past us. Nah, no promises. I don't don't like promising promises and none of that. No, nobody. Leave it when I see it, type of dude. Okay. You know, a lot of a lot of coaches, a lot of scouts have said a lot of things, and we just gonna have to see. We gonna have to see tomorrow. All right, my man. Once again, uh, thank you for jumping on with us here on the Full Go. Uh, continued success. This is about to be an amazing time for you. It's about to be a start of a great journey. Uh, the, the people that come out of that receiver room usually hang on for a long time, make a lot of money, and do a lot of winning. So I'm looking forward to seeing your career progress, my man. And if it's here in Chicago, then you know I, you know I'll be I'll, I'll be tour guide until you you move on to bigger and better. You know, not D-list celebrities like myself. So <laughs> I appreciate you, brother, man. Congratulations. Congratulations, continue blessings, and we'll talk soon. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. No problem, man. Jackson Smith and Jigba right here on the Full Gold Podcast with Jason Goff. It's the Full Gold that's all the time we have for episode 236 of the Full Gold Podcast with Jason Goff. Of course, brought to you by The Ringer and Spotify is the gang. Want to say thank you so much to our guests. That's right. First round picks, Allison the Bounty Hunter. I'm telling you, the best in the business. She tracks them down, gets them on this show. Shout out to New England Patriots, Christian Gonzalez, and the Seattle Seahawks' very own Jackson Smith and Jigba. We appreciate them giving us time before their draft days. Special moments for both those dudes. Blessings, continue blessings to those cats, as always. Want to say thank you to our production staff, the shadowy figure that is known as Steve Cerruti, our guy, Chris Sutton, Eduardo Campo joining us here, huh? Doing a little filling spot duty, slumming it right here on the Full Go Podcast with the fellas. And of course, my main man, Tony Gill. For the fellas, I am Jason Goff saying thank you so much for hanging out with us. Thank you for downloading this thing. Thank you for subscribing to it. Make sure that you rate and review it and make sure you give us the five stars that you know we need. If not, we're going to see you in these streets. Share with your family and friends. As always, man, we, we leave you with this. Take care of each other. Be safe and remember to stay sucker free and keep that voicemail line close to you, by the way. 773-359-3103. 773-359-3103. Going to do things a little bit different tonight. This is what you guys had to say. First blush, you know, first reaction to the Bears selecting Darnell Wright, something that we'll continue to talk about. And we'll get into where the Bears go from here in the second and third days of the draft coming up on the Full Go Podcast. One love, this Gary Bell from the Long End. You saw the Bears pick. And I'm like, he's not even there. Who is he? But at the same time, I'm glad we got a tackle. We need somebody on the line to get that line some help with Justin Fields so he can get, out, get in our pocket, take care of business. I'm not totally mad, but I'm just tripping on the fact he ain't even at uh, in Kansas City chilling to see what's going on. Peace. What's going on, Jason? It's Noah calling from Lakeview, and I'm, I'm calling in to talk about the stupidity that was the decision Ryan Poles made, or Ryan Pace, they're the same person, the decision he made to trade back, get nothing from Philadelphia, and pass on the best player in the draft to take a right tackle, a guy who doesn't even give you the option to play left tackle. And I understand that when you look at the line, it seems like it's the one position that they needed to fill. I got that they signed the guard from Tennessee. I got that they got Jenkins and they like Braxton Jones at left tackle. But you had $100 million to go out and spend in free agency and sign a right tackle. 
So I don't understand why you didn't do it then. And I get you want to see what Justin Fields can do. You want to see if he's the guy. But to not go out and then spend that money in free agency so that you can now have the option to take the best player in the draft, potentially a generational player in Jalen Carter, at the most important position in your defense, makes no sense in your reeks of the Bears doing the same thing that they've done for the last 40 years, and I cannot understand it, and there's no possible justification for the pick. Sorry for the rant. Have a good rest of your day. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.